Hi everyone, I'm Nomsa. And I'm Portia. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant, the Shondaland Stand podcast. Hello. Hello. What's <laughs> up, Nomsa? Hey, how are you? You know, I'm fine. I just came from a physiotherapist appointment and he had to show me muscles and nerves on his iPad and I felt like I was in an episode of Grey's Anatomy because it was like those <laughs> cool computer things. <laughs> and he presses buttons. You you went to Grace Sloan Memorial. <laughs> I did. I really did. And I told him, of course, because I couldn't hold it back. I said, you know, I've only ever seen this in Grace Anatomy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, that's awesome. Shout out to Grace. Oh, my word. Um, I actually, I've been watching, you know, I've, on my rewatch, and I've been, I haven't watched again for quite a number of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I just, it got a bit much. I was 10 seasons in. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But um, now I'm back on it. And I'm watching season, I'm in the middle of season 11. And watching it back now, after all of the revelations from How to Save a Life, I just, uh, I don't know how to feel. I feel some type of way in the way they're portraying this whole um, Meredith and Derek situation now. Something I'd never felt before. Mm. So that's been interesting for me. Um, Mm. But other than that, also good, good. Um, Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I mean, this morning is great. We heard the news that all the planets are out of retrograde. So hopefully. I mean, thank goodness. (laughs) I'm gonna get my life back. <laughs> Can we be serious? Yes. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, welcome back to Assume It Will Be Brilliant. <laughs> this is part two of the leading ladies of Shandaland. Yay. Yeah, so we thought we would cover two of the leading ladies from private practice and then our main women from How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal, Annalise and Olivia. Let's start with Addison, who returned this week to Grey's Anatomy to what? Save the whole show. Okay. <laughs> the entire thing. Yeah. The, the whole, you know, the whole season was really it's been waiting for this in fact the past three seasons have been waiting for Ad- addison mm. to return and i'm that really thankful when, <laughs> so in doubt, this is, when in doubt bring back addison a hundred percent even when she came on the scene in season two or whenever or season one i was actually just talking to someone recently who said uh they were kind of watching it and they stayed with it specifically because of addison and then when Addison yes. left, they were like, what's this about? Stayed in it for Yang. And then Owen came on the scene and she was like, absolutely not. If you're going to miss Yang around, I'm out of this show. <laughs> Can I tell you, speaking of Owen, I know this is the leading ladies thing, but just need to say this because we've done our toxic, you know, the shady, shady men of mm-hmm. Shondaland. Um, in season 11, I was finally getting to like Owen again because Christina's gone. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I really love Owen, guys. Like, I hated him for so long. Now him and Amelia are starting their thing again. I'm like, oh, they want me to hate you know, him. I know. It's, it's funny when you think about over the course of the show, there's so many things we've blocked out of our memory in order to stay in love with the show. Um, Maybe one day, one day we'll like heal enough to look back at how this show has traumatized us. But Addison, let's focus on Addison. So yeah, I guess this is like not even just a private practice thing anymore because, because she's back on Grey's 
it's yeah. kind of a continuation. It's like a bridge now. Well, yeah. And she's actually had the most interesting journey, right? Because yeah. when she shows up at Grey's Anatomy at first, she's kind of guilt-ridden, right? She's there mm. uh, ostensibly. Well, not ostensibly, explicitly. She wants to fix things with, with Derek. She sort of comes tail between legs, knowing that she was the one who did wrong, unable to forgive herself. She just wants to fix what she's broken, basically. It's, it's interesting because she's come from having had an affair mm-hmm. and Derek is now dating Meredith mm-hmm. and she's trying to put this thing back together but he's seemingly seemingly fallen in love with someone else the whole time trying to figure out where does she fit in this relationship does she fit in this relationship she's talking Mm -hmm. about picking her and like trying to make this thing work and I mean eventually you see that the pieces just don't fit anymore yeah and what she's trying to make work and what she's and who she's trying to be isn't who she is anymore those episodes when she was in that trailer trying to make it work, getting poison <laughs> ivy, okay, in places you do not want poison ivy. <laughs> no one can say this woman, you know, didn't try. <laughs> she really tried. Best. Sorry, she even tried with Meredith. Like, she mm-hmm. tried to make it work with them all try be friends and realizing mm-hmm. that, okay, fine, she's now a part of this situation that I'm in. And she really tried and hadn't yet really figured out that she's just not the same person that she was in New York and that Derek isn't the same person. And that thankfully, the whole breakdown and helped her figure out who she was. Mm-hmm. And even when Mark came, she, you know, realized I'm not the same person that Mark was with when we were in New York. And she doesn't even have to be that person anymore. She doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Right. She can really just be her own person, which she then does when she goes to California and she realizes I can start over. I can start a new life, go to this place where no one, you know, there's no baggage and mm-hmm. she can be who she wants to be. Yeah. So it's interesting because in her arc, she does this thing where in Seattle, she gets to a place where she's like, I don't have to put these pieces back together. I've got nothing to prove anymore. And I'm going to go start again. But she doesn't really leave what motivated her to go to Seattle in the first place from New York. Because even when she goes to um, California, she's still trying to achieve something to get something that's like to get something right you know what I mean to Mm. find love to get something close to perfection and Mm. she beats herself up for like every mistake she makes along the way I mean you know she dates her best friend's ex-husband yeah almost has an affair with a married man so it's not as if it's things you shouldn't examine (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and try not to do you know but she does have that quality of constant thriving to get things right yeah and she also does make big questionable decisions when it comes to her dating life and i think Mm. it's she's always trying to fill some some void or come and have like you say that you know that perfect relationship perfect family Mm -hmm. whatever it is that she might not necessarily have always trying to build that but she's always choosing the wrong person i know and Um, she's always willing to try you remember we talked about a few episodes ago when mark came to california with his daughter because of her pregnancy they sleep together and he is sort of also being mark and saying like let's try do this you know let's raise a family we could be together and she's willing you know she says are you serious you know because if not i won't do it but she's open to it you know yeah and it's still this thing of something external might come and be the right thing for me to cling to and then you know the rest will follow 
And yeah, by the end of private practice, so spoiler alert, my assumption is if you're listening and you haven't watched it, this won't mean much to you. So you could probably still watch it if you've watched it. Great. But she ends up with Jake. Yeah. There's sort of the implication that she's going to have a child. And in fact, it's another spoiler alert this week when she came back to Grace that she in fact now has an eight-year-old. But her yeah. entire journey is that she sort of eventually, not sort of, she learns to let go and finally stops looking for what's missing and accepts the good life that she has, which she's kind of had yes. all along, you know? Yeah, and she just accepts who she is and she's she just accepts the joy. And she's not, like you say, not looking for it externally. She's accepting this joy. You know, she's now got an appropriate relationship with an appropriate person. Yes, I know. It's true. Finally, and I have to say, I absolutely loved watching her with Meredith this week. Oh, and how yeah. they are together now. And she absolutely broke my heart. Addison made me cry. Um, oh my God. Okay, fine. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> you got me. Same. As soon yeah. as they walked into, as she walked into the elevator, realizing. Mm-hmm. And re- I mean, remember that first pilot of um, mm-hmm. private practice that she mm-hmm. has that whole thing in the elevator where like elevators are kind of a big deal where I come from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these things <laughs> traditionally yes. happened in the elevators at, Gray, at Grace Sloan yes. um, or Seattle Grace. And to now come back to that because they haven't done that in a lot of seasons no. now. And actually specifically for her and Meredith and Derek, yeah. the element yeah. was like a place for humor and for breakdowns. I, we obviously, we love Addison. I'm so happy she's back. I don't know how they're going to make it work, but I hope she's there for a few more episodes or at least comes back throughout the season. Like, I don't know I what know, I want. Same. I just don't want her to go away. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think they should just be like, okay, Jake, because who doesn't love Benjamin Bratt? You know, why oh, not? Can I him? talk about Benjamin Bratt? He's textbook Grey's Anatomy vibes. Look at his jaw. That's the exact... <laughs> Anyway, and so the other leading lady we're going to cover is our good fight queen, uh, Audra McDonald, Naomi, on private practice. I know, isn't she the best? She's amazing. What are the main notes that we have of Naomi when we first meet her? I mean, I think at the top, they immediately establish that she's an emotional eater. She has a crush on the receptionist, okay? Dale! On Dale, exactly. Uh, On future midwife. Oh, he has a crush on her, but she doesn't hate it. And, you know, eventually, I guess it sort of escalates. And also, we know that she got, that Sam divorced her sort of for no actual reason. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. see, like, they've, their marriage has fallen apart and Addison comes and she's, like, asking what happened. And she doesn't even know. And it's this big question of how do, yeah. how do you end your marriage without a reason when you've got yeah. this child? And how do you then build your, rebuild your life? Um, so for me, what I saw Naomi go through in the beginning is that she sort of was not, I would, she's kind of in denial. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily denial so much as, sort of an internal decision she's taken not to really process or examine any Mm. of it because she's Mm. a peacemaker. She just wants to raise her child, do a good job at work and not have a giant conniption fit, you know, about everything. And you see it, like even when she dates Archer, even when she dates the other doctor that she, I think she does research with, they move a floor down. 
she's still, she's always nice. You know what I mean? She's always trying to just be nice and be sweet and maintain things and not have conflict. And her whole journey is she eventually learns to express herself and be honest, you know, about how miserable she she is. Even if it's like an entire chocolate cake later, it takes a couple cakes to get there. But she does that. That's sort of her journey is from going to constantly sort of repressing herself. Yeah, which is probably what is what really contributed to even the the breakdown of her marriage is that keeping things in sam didn't like talking about hard things exactly exactly and they wanted to be nice to each other amicable exactly and they really they both learned to really express themselves and just be and Mm -hmm. actually just have an adult relationship the thing about sam too you obviously we know he's played by tay diggs and i the only every single time I see Tay Diggs anywhere on anything, just being Tay Diggs. All I can think about is in the movie, I think it was when he was in Brown Sugar. Oh, I love Brown Sugar. Yes. And remember there was a time when Brown Sugar was the main movie they played on SABC. Yeah. One or two or three. <laughs> like it came on every time. And every single time they advertised the movie. I believe it was Brown Sugar. It may have been a TV show he was on. The man announcing would say, Ty Diggs. <laughs> They did the same thing for One Tree Hill. They'd be like, Chad Michael Murray. I'm like, it was so weird. Anyway, these are the memories from my youth. Moving on. Oh, that is amazing. So, Annalise, go. Well, you know, we, you know, when we now we're looking at Olivia and Annalise, it's both these powerful black women Mm -hmm. leading these uh, shows that Shonda's created. And, you know, they actually both are putting up a sort of mirror to society about how we look at black women and how we, what we say about how a black woman can hold power Mm -hmm. and what she can and can't do in that position. And they both just subvert it completely. They are unapologetic and they're confident, they're happy to be in the forefront of whatever it is. But they, I mean, they both have quite interesting journeys, but they really are asking big questions about women in power and mm-hmm. how we, you know, look at that and then black women in power. And there is this, this talk about race in both shows, even though it's subtle in most of, most of the, their run. Yeah. It's, it's not specifically pointed out. And I think it's, it's sort of played that way. Like it's not supposed to be relevant until it absolutely is, which yeah. is true to life, right? Clearly, both Annalise and Olivia are written to be subversive characters. These are not yeah. the stereotypical black women you see on TV. And I think both of them are written to be polarizing almost in the extreme. But what's nice is that neither of them actually toe the line. They play the game, but they're completely themselves, mess and all. Obviously, it's written that way. This is what you want to see. This is how you make 3D characters, right? And you see them struggle. Not always, but you see them struggle. But it's nice Mm. because their entire mission is not to bend to the will of their environment but like to make to make it work for themselves and so starting with Annalise she basically goes through a journey of denying the hard parts of herself Mm -hmm. and her life and I she used she starts from a place where she's saying I'm who I am in spite of what has happened to me Mm -hmm. to accepting and acknowledging and owning who she is right and saying I am who I am 
yes, in spite of, but also because of. And I have yes. no reason to be sort of ashamed of it. And she would never yeah. have said, I'm ashamed of what's happened to me. But obviously, if you must hide and conceal and you don't want to be honest about it, there's a little bit of shame surrounding it. Not that your business should always be everybody's business, but when it becomes relevant and you want to make like it didn't happen to you, <laughs> you yeah, know, something there's something to be said about that. Yeah, and I mean, we see that journey where in the very beginning, she's very careful about mm. what people know about her and what they don't know about her. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't let anyone sort of get to know her or come into the circle even though she's holding so many secrets for so many people no one is allowed to get to know her she's hiding so many parts Mm. of herself even from herself Mm -hmm. so even though you've got frank and bonnie who are close to her they're not that close in that she didn't she doesn't show her whole self at any stage until much later we see that like you know she she's um in the very beginning um there's some you can see these wounds in this woman mm. these the strange relationship she has with her husband and i mean in the very beginning her husband ends up dead and we've got all these questions about what has happened and she's protecting the very people who killed her husband and you're right. peeling all of these layers why would she do that what is this you know all of this stuff you, you she's a hidden character mm-hmm, as much as she mm-hmm. is she's in the forefront i mean she goes from really being really self-serving everything she did was to protect herself mm-hmm. um even though she was like sort of holding other people's lives in her hand she's very controlling mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. By the end, she's serving others and Mm -hmm. she's not trying to fix everybody Mm. and fix everybody's problems, Mm -hmm. but she goes through this process of actually fixing herself Mm -hmm. and confronting herself and really then fixing a system that is unjust. It's, it's quite, it's quite a transformation. It really is. I mean, exactly. She goes from backdoor dealing, you know, in Mm. everything she mm. literally it's called how to get away she's tried to get away all the time with murder and a number of things to making the best monologues this side of main street you know yes. um, healing what happened between her and her mother vis-a-vis the sexual abuse she suffered as a child she goes from complete denial about her bisexuality right to mm-hmm. again proclaiming it an open court yeah she what I also like about her is that her redemption story, like her healing, all that stuff, like coming around, is not about redeeming herself for the purposes of absolute absolution. Yes. It's not this sort of like, I'm redeemed, my sins are all washed away. It's what what I was saying in the beginning, this sort of like, be, I am who I am, both in spite of and because of what happened to me. She's accepting of her flaws, her alcoholism, for example, right? She's in recovery until mm-hmm. the end. And so she's like, I accept my flaws and I'm still going to constantly walk towards better. Exactly. And the criminal justice system at the same time. So, I mean, why not? (laughs) You know, taking the easy road, Annalise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think she, she, she starts to figure herself out and let go of all of the other stuff, the baggage. Mm. She, you know, she really does... Um, start to let herself be seen, which yeah. is, I mean, that's the biggest thing for her is she she was pretending really with Sam mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And because at the, before that she was dating Eve, before she started seeing Sam. Mm-hmm. And eventually she let herself be seen and not be pretending. She also realized she doesn't have to be with anyone specific. Yeah. And that she can start to, she can love herself and love other people and let people in. I mean, by the end, she's yeah. really close to Tegan, which would never have yeah. happened. Absolutely not. She was an island. She yeah. was a complete island. And she sets Bonnie and Frank free by the, by the end, you know? That's true. I mean, Annalise is one of the greatest female protagonists that's ever been on television, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't seen all of television from the beginning of time, <laughs> but in my lifetime, you know, I think. She really is. She, she has a full circle, circle journey and it's quite something to watch. to Olivia. Olivia, Olivia, Olivia. Miss Pope, Miss Pope, Miss Pope. It's funny because when we were first trying to be like, oh, what's Olivia's journey? At first blush, we were like, I arguably this woman didn't grow at all. You know? Yeah, she became worse. <laughs> she definitely became worse, you know? So she sort of goes on a, on, a, on, a, on a circular journey. By the end of season six, she is head of command, right? Yep. Of E613, which as we know, are terrible people. Right? <laughs> but ultimately, right at the end, ultimately her, her story is about overcoming herself and the mm. corruption that having power and active allowing herself to suffer the consequences of undoing what she has done mm. and sort of finding her moral center again. Yeah. And that, cause, because in the beginning when they are the, the gladiators with the white hats. Mm. Oh my gosh. Can we just take a, put a quick pin in it, but do you remember the pilot? It's so sad that Columbus short couldn't stick out the whole show Yeah, because he yeah. delivered that gladiator speech. Just, oh, he, he so really, good. really did. I haven't seen it in a long time. I should see it again, but gladiators in suits. I remember just thinking, I've lived my life wrongly that I wasn't an actress who ended up on Scandal. That's my main I know. mistake. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And I mean, that the whole thing is about bringing these things into the light and then fixing. By, by season six, she's now in, operating in the shadows. Mm. And it's this complete, like, subversion of, you know, good guy, bad guy. And, mm-hmm. and the whole thing with Olivia is she's, she's an anti-hero. She's not like mm. an, she's not really, you never know, like, am I rooting for you or are you really as bad as your dad? Like as your mom, as your, are you just really bad or do I root for you? And you constantly questioning that. It's a great role for, for her to be playing because that's the whole point is that morality isn't black or white it isn't this mm-hmm. clear road all the time mm. but it is a journey of figuring out like what are my, what are my actual values what are my actual principles mm-hmm. and those get tested when you have power that mm-hmm. is the truth like when you when you have the yep. power that olivia has I and mean, she's mm-hmm. the president maker mm-hmm. when you have that power that's when what you really believe becomes tested it's not it's really true. tested when you've got nothing to there's there's, there's no questioning that's when your character becomes tested. And I think that that's an absolutely truth. I mean, we know that everything that happens in the world, right? You judge it awful or great. Mm-hmm. It's about power. Everything is exactly. about power. Everything is about power and how it is used by those who wield it. So it's true. Mm-hmm. The true test of your character is when you have power and how you use it. 
Olivia Pope definitely had power and we saw her use it in all of the ways. Yep, she was you like know? she would she was also constantly flexing like I am the bomb diggity, I'm the best yeah. in the west. <laughs> And, and it was cool to watch, you know, if you're just watching TV. But if you're thinking this is someone in real, because let's also discuss Papa Pope. But what? As you were what saying, a man. What a man. You were saying <laughs> that as the show progresses, she moves into deeper and deeper levels of flex, right? Both bad as in bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. And also bad as in badass, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time she's like, I, I will go there and I can go there. And I... I love that she does that because usually it's a male protagonist that gets that gets mm-hmm. that sort of role. Yeah, that gets to have that that wide range and expanse of like exploring their limits, right? Exactly. And we yeah. and usually when it's a male, we feel for them, we root for mm. them, we we still want them to win. They can yeah. do oh corrupt God. things. We yeah. make excuses for them. The best um, one is Breaking Bad. I don't know if you ever saw Breaking Bad. I haven't seen it and yeah, I, mean, I plan no, to. Yeah. No, <laughs> when you do, you'll see why people were addicted and why it was good. But you know the basic story, right? Like school teacher gets cancer, yes. becomes a myth and just yes. gets progressively bad. Not unlike uh, Olivia, honestly. But one of the things that was wild, especially because you get so deep and it's got this pacing that really mm-hmm. pulls you in because it's slow, but mm-hmm. the, 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 the moments of action escalate very quickly. So you're like, whoa, I'm in. But you root for this guy and his wife yes. who's in the dark about what he does. And there was a, a lot of commentary about the fact that there was a time when everyone was hating on his wife. But have some perspective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're seriously condemning this woman for holding back a meth dealer who is... <laughs> Knows to who she knows has cancer and is trying to take care of the family. She's the bad guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But that's how it goes. Like this person gets bad, 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 and you root for them. I was like, how mm. could you, Olivia? Yes. I wasn't thinking like you're so cool. Go be evil. Yes. The way that I give that credit to Meg with so many of these shows. Uh, I was recently watching You on Netflix. Yeah, and it's literally about serial killers. You know, and <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so that was her professional journey. Her personal journey, ah, that girl, I just, it took a while, (laughs) but because I mean, we see in the beginning, she's having this affair with the president of the United Mm -hmm. States. We see how it began on the campaign trail and all of that, but, and then they try to be together eventually, but it's all so toxic from the get go. He's unavailable. Mm -hmm. She shouldn't, they shouldn't be together. Mm -hmm. And even when they are together, it's like, and Mm -hmm. You know, she moves from this. I mean, there's a stage in which she was dating another guy and she got um, engaged Mm -hmm. and she says to him eventually, I actually can't do this. You're too normal, essentially. Uh, This is too pedestrian. This is too safe. She wants something messy and complicated and heart-wrenching. And and one of the things she says is like, don't you, to him. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny watching as a viewer at the time, you're thinking, yes, because what what actually is you're rooting for her in fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's talking about a toxic relationship. Don't you want a toxic relationship? I mean, look, did you meet her parents? I know. (laughs) I mean, Papa Pope and Mama Pope. I don't even think it's like, it's not toxic. It's it's nuclear. 
you know it's it's not it's atomic it's a bomb (laughs) it's not no no one is we are not well in this household if it doesn't feel chaotic it's not yes exactly if it doesn't feel chaotic right if it doesn't feel dangerous exactly and even when she was with jake it was Mm -hmm. like "Mm," but there was still this pool with fits eventually though she you know, moves on from that finally and not needing this whole thing with fits and the unhealthiness that they breed together. And in the end, you kind of don't know if they do or they don't, but it doesn't matter anymore. She's just, she's done with that, that part of her life. Thank goodness. But, you know, for speaking of Olivia's parents, remember that time where for years she believed that her mom had died when she was like 12? Again, Papa Pope is a specific kind of creature, man. <laughs> that girl just wasn't raised right. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, uh, wow. No, I think you're right. I don't think she was raised. I mean, look, who am I to judge what right is? But at the same time, she wasn't raised right. She was lied to for the majority of her life. And to be yeah. honest, even though it's wrong, I'm not entirely blaming him because that lady was not right. <laughs> true she does eventually put her white hat back on so we have to give her that yeah she puts it back on to save the oval office and america which i'm on the fence about whether it's worth saving i think that country's a scam but you know that's another story (laughs) i reflect on how hypocritical the the place is and it just blows my mind but yeah she owns up to the truth of the corrupt and unseen parts of all the engines that run the country and yeah. she lets herself be seen. Yeah, she puts things, everything back in the sun again. It's, mm-hmm. you know, everything can actually be exposed to that hectic light. And whatever happens, happens. And she really overcomes. I mean, initially she was overcome by power, but eventually mm-hmm. she overcomes herself. And, you know, all the moral corruption. And she gets back to who she had set out to be from Mm -hmm. the very beginning um and Mm -hmm. she becomes not just a gladiator but a titan because we see her portraits um Mm -hmm. in that museum and it's not entirely clear what actually happened because she could be but we know that she's a titan i think i read somewhere shandra i'm saying that we we forget that we met her when she'd already had her first corruption right because we don't know when we first meet her that she already was part of the, the group that decided to rig Fitz's first election. Yes. Um, but that's basically where it began. Before that, she was a genuine white hat, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's, um, it's wild watching these, specifically Olivia and Annalisa's journeys because... I mean, they were dealing with some hectic crap like murder. So um, it's it's great to see where they both eventually mm-hmm. landed up. And um, of course, we're still seeing uh, Addison's journey continue a little bit. And we get to see, uh, well, not Naomi, but we get to see Audra on The Good Fight. So, so yeah. I'm very glad that we still get to see Audra on The Good Fight. She's a great actress. Unfortunately, there's no way that I don't think they can weave a musical into the good fight. Um, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. But it would be nice to see Audra sing, you know, since I miss But I her. say that, I say that, but they, they could. They actually I, could. If, she could be the she one could. who sings one of the little animation songs. They could, and it wouldn't seem outlandish. 
Like, no, it really it just... wouldn't. So that's it, folks. Short and sweet. We have covered all the leading ladies of Shondaland. Obviously, there are more that we could arguably fit into this category. Yeah, I mean, we, we can do this again. So. <laughs> we can do this again. More leading ladies of Shondaland. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really just speaking to all the characters that we've um chatted about today and um, even the ones we did in the beginning of of the series and it's Mm -hmm. a quote by Olivia Pope and she says I'm choosing me I'm choosing Olivia and right now Olivia's dancing now you can dance with me or you can get off my dance floor I'm fine dancing alone yay thanks Porsche okay no problem see you next time bye If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant.